0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us on this first edition of 9 to Thrive HR a podcast produced by HCI, where we discuss some of the most pressing issues facing talent management today. We also help surface ideas and solutions to those problems by speaking to experts and practitioners within the field. My name is Andrew Bateman. I'm going to be your host today. Joining me is my colleague, Aubrey Witty, who will introduce our featured guest. Aubrey, who do we have today?
1: We are joined today, thanks Andy, by Howard Behar, who is the retired president of Starbucks. He is also a speaker and a prolific author who just published the magic cup as well as the book it's not about the coffee so howard so thanks so much for being here today
2: it's my pleasure i'm looking forward to it
0: so howard uh, you talk a lot about the importance of leading yourself first and, and focusing on filling that magic cup and i would love if if you could explain to our listeners how these concepts support the growth of organizations and positive corporate culture
2: Well, in my opinion, the most important person you'll ever have to lead in your whole life is you. Sometimes we get caught up in this idea about leadership with a capital L, which is, you know, taking all these classes, learning to lead others, and, and not that that's not important. It certainly is. But leadership with a small L, I think, is a lot more important, and that's understanding who you are, what your values are, what your mission in life is, you know, how you're trying to live your life, you know who you are basically as a person I like to call it wearing your hat you know the hat you get up in the morning and you put on that should be the hat you can wear all throughout your whole day with your significant other in your work life and your spiritual life in your you know life with your parents or friends or whatever that and that's just the idea of being you and that requires leadership of self so it's you know what does it have to do with the magic cup well the idea, the magic cup is magic because it knows what you're putting into it. It's just like we do. You know, it's it's an analogy for who we are as people. We know when we're doing things right and when we're not. We know when we're caring for other people and when we're not, and the cup knows. It knows when you're being kind, caring, loving, uh, generous, and your cup grows in size and it fills. And if you think about it, you can feel that yourself when you're doing something good for people, how much better you feel about yourself. And the, the opposite side of that is when you're greedy, when you have blind ambition, when you just don't have time to care about anybody but yourself, uh, you know, your cup shrinks. And it, not only that, it empties out. So the idea of leading yourself first is just that, that it's who you are, how you live your life, how you operate in the society that we live in, how you operate in the work that you do, and how you deal with other people in this world in which we live.
1: Great. Thank you. I feel like a lot of those comments um, remind me of authenticity, and uh, I wondered if you could comment on how authenticity really plays a role in supporting the growth of um, a positive corporate culture in organizations.
2: Well, you know, authenticity just is another word for truth in a sense. It's being who you are always and having people know who you are. That doesn't mean that, you know, all those things that are going in in our brains all the time that we're always thinking about, you know, that that we don't share, nor should we be sharing. But I'm talking about being being a whole self and that people can depend on who you are so that, you know, every day you show up as best as you can as the same person. Now, I recognize we're all human beings. We have good days. We have bad days. Some days we get a traffic to come to work. It doesn't make us too happy. You know, some days maybe we find out that our child just got a full-ride scholarship to some university and we don't have to pay a dime. You know, all those things bring different parts of us to work. And being authentic is, is finding ways to share those, uh, that authenticity with others in a way that puts other people up and lets other people know who you are.
1: Great, thank you.
0: So Howard, a lot of times uh, organizations throw around terms like value, mission, goal, policy, and, and a lot of times it's interchangeable. Uh, the, the definition of those terms is uh, what is one is the other. And so I'd, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a little bit of a lesson on that. And, and what are some of the differences between those terms? And, and is there danger in using them interchangeably?
2: Uh, I mean, we all do, you know, because it doesn't make any difference, really, how you use them as long as it's consistent within your organization. And everybody understands what the definition of those things are in your organization. But basically, values are who we are, how we do things, right? So a value would be, I'm an honest person. And then you have to define what honesty means inside of you and inside your organization. A value might be caring about others. So. Those are values, those are who we are, it's kind of how we do things. We're honest, we care. Uh, a mission is kind of what you want to do with your organization. You know, it could be I like missions that are that are big, that are, you know, things like Jim Collin calls them B hacks big hairy audacious goals. And they're kind of there's something that you can accomplish over a long period of time and sets you apart from others or other organizations because it it really defines the kind of the work you're going to do and and it defines somewhere out in the future of what it is that you will total- you will accomplish and it's big it's not small it's not like a goal that a goal could be. You know, something that maybe only six months. You could have a goal to accomplish something in six months. Like maybe a goal would be uh, that you want to, within the next year or five years, that you want to have your leadership team be representative of the people that are live and work in your community. So, a, you know, a diversity goal. And that would be something you'd measure yourself on. Policies are things that you put into place that guide your work. So a policy might be um, uh, that we uh, always uh, open our stores 10 minutes early. No matter what it says on the, on the door, it says we open at 9, you always open at 8.50. And we do that, we have that policy because we, we want to exceed our customers' expectations. So it really those are the differences, at least in my opinion, between those.
1: Great, thank you. So Howard, I have a two-part question here for you, and uh, the context or the background here is that we find in a lot of our work that many people who are put into leadership positions um, are put there because they have a lot of technical expertise or they have a, you know, a nice vision for the future, but they're not necessarily so great at enacting these things or translating these things into organizational culture. So my first question for you is how do you, when you're talking with leaders, um, how do you explain the important role that they play in kind of supporting and developing a culture within their organization?
2: Well, uh, leadership basically defines the culture in some sense, particularly senior leadership. You know, cultures are reflective of leaders. Just like a family has a culture, it's reflective of the parents in, in that family. And so the same way leaders uh, are reflective of the culture and every organization has a culture, whether it's purposely defined or not. You have a culture because cultures are you, not just what you say, but most importantly, by what you do. So if you want a culture of honesty and you say we're going to have an honest culture, but you're lying all the time, then the culture will be of dishonesty no matter what you say. And culture, its a you know, it's a word that gets used a lot today, but really what it is is a reflection of your values, uh, how you treat each other, and how you treat the people that you serve. And it really is a direct reflection of that. If you're a yeller screamer as a boss, then you're going to have yeller screamers as subordinates, and that will be your culture. I'm not saying what's right or what's wrong. I'm just saying that you can't escape it. Culture is basically who you are.
0: So that's interesting, uh, Howard. And I think it's an important uh, aspect to talk about. I'd also like to follow up to Aubrey's premise and and ask you how you would suggest leaders make sure that they are checking in with their employees and and obtaining sort of the the ground level view of their culture uh, and and basically getting a a chance to sort of uh, find out how their personalities and behaviors are essentially trickling down into the into the culture of the, the folks that they are leading?
2: Well, you have to do it in a lot of different ways. The first and the best way is constant dialogue with people, They're taking the time to meet individually with not just your direct reports, but people that are down further in the organization that may report to your direct reports or even to report to other people in your organization. Uh, there's no substitute for those kinds of conversations. And, you know, you get feedback and, and somebody may tell you something and, and you may need to act on something that is, you know, you you get only by one person. But most of the time, what you get over a period of time is good information because you talk to enough people and it starts to put itself together. It starts to weave a cloth, so to speak, or a tapestry of what your organization is really about and what's really going on in your organization. There's no substitute for human contact and for dialogue and conversations in informal uh, ways and in and, and more formal ways. You know, the other way, you know, is to do it in a system, in a process, where maybe you have – at Starbucks, we used to have what we called mission review. And in every paycheck, there was a little card, and the question was, have we taken any action – that you deem either supporting the mission statement or hasn't been supporting. And so we would get thousands of cards from our people. They could either be signed or unsigned. And if they were signed, we always promised to get back to somebody. But if they weren't, we just took that information and we, we put it together. And along with the conversations we were having, the individual conversations, that gave us a more complete picture. And then, of course, if you're a larger company, Uh, Or even a medium sized company, you can do uh, surveys. You know, you can do uh, simple surveys that, you know, I don't like really yes or no questions, but sometimes those are okay. Uh, You know, you're constantly taking a pulse of your organization in a more systematized way by doing surveys. You know, people do things where they check engagement scores. And what they're looking for is how engaged are people with their organization. So all of that together goes to give you a composite of what's going on in your organization if you're small you can do it with high touch if you're big and you got you know thousands of people then you can do high touch and you have to do high tech but all of it works together to help you complete that picture
1: that's great I, I love that feedback mechanism where you know it's just a simple card and either you can give your thoughts or not, there's no obligation either way, but there's a feedback mechanism in place because I oftentimes think that um, employees, and this kind of leads up to our last question here, that employees feel a little bit powerless sometimes if they're in a culture that they don't necessarily agree with and they think, well, my only option is really to leave. Um, And I don't know that that's always the case, and I'd love to get your take on that. So you know we know that leaders really play a role, and i and I love the analogy of the parent and the child, right? We've all experienced that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what influence, what power do you think that an employee has um, to impact culture? Are there specific recommendations that you would have to employees who might be wanting to kind of have a little bit more influence in that area?
2: Well, you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to be willing to speak up. you know, you have to overcome your fears. And be able to have a conversation, a direct but caring conversation. Notice I use that word caring because caring goes both ways. And respectful conversation with somebody that of influence that can help you uh, with whatever your thoughts are. And that requires you being willing to take a chance and step out. And most people don't want to do that. Most people are shy about it because we all grow up with this fear of, you know, parents, particularly if we have autocratic parents, of, you know, it's my way or the highway, or, you know, kids are being seen and not heard. Well, a lot of people bring that into the companies or organizations that they work for. And so they're afraid, they don't want to be seen as dumb or, or stupid, and so they're unwilling to take the chance to give input. But I always believe that the best way to have change is to make sure that, uh, particularly as a leader, make sure that you give your people plenty of opportunities to have conversations. We used to have, a, a, or they still do actually, a meeting called Open Forums at Starbucks. and they, We used to have them once a quarter, and we would go around the country, or do it in, the, in our home office, or what we call our support center, and where anybody could ask any question about anything. No retribution, period. There was no holds barred. You could ask any question you wanted to ask, how much Howard Schultz made, what kind of car he drives. You know, it doesn't make any difference. You could ask a question, and we honor that. And when you start to set that kind of thing in motion within your organization, then it helps. Does it always work? No, because the same fears and the same... Stuff that goes on in your own end goes on and and down the line, and people are fearful of owning their own stuff, and people are fearful of wanting to take things up in an organization, and we all want to only, we like to deliver good news. But, you know, sometimes we got to deliver the bad news. Or if it's not bad, at least it's input that where something needs to be fixed. But it's overcoming our fears and be willing to share. Now, not all organizations, you know, support that. And that's an issue. And you know that's why I always say you got to be careful where you work. You better choose diligently because you want to be in an organization that fits your values and allows you to express your opinions in a positive way.
0: Absolutely, Howard. And I would uh, I would encourage our members to uh, to take a, a look at the latest book, The Magic Cup. Uh, you can learn more about it on Howard's website, com. I think it's a great opportunity for us to understand a little bit how we can lead ourselves through these journeys. And I think a lot of uh, these uh, big sort of theoretical uh, challenges can kind of uh, be uh, opened up a little bit through through that philosophy. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today, Howard. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and I look forward to uh, to other opportunities we can collaborate in the future.
2: Well, thank you both very much. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. We'd also like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you've enjoyed what you have heard today. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you to Howard Bayar. Without him, we wouldn't be able to have such great conversation and we wouldn't be able to deliver such great content. So if you're interested in learning more about what we've discussed today in this episode of 9 to Thrive HR, you can find more resources at hci.org. Thanks again, everybody. I'm Andrew Bateman with Aubrey Witte. Have a great day.